Well, thanks for responding to the Facebook ad. Oh, thanks. Oh, this is the this is the couch. Yeah. There it is. There it is. Wow. Uh, the stain. Marty, do you see a stain? I can't really see it. Um, I don't really see a stain. I'm... Yeah, it's pretty big. Oh, that stain. Yeah, the in one the right in the middle on the seat of the couch. Right. Oh, that, you, you barely noticed that. Barely. I feel like that's, look, watch this. I'll put a cushion on top. I can't take it like that. Come on, look. You know what? I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll knock $50 off the price. Right $50? Now. It's that's still it. that's $100. It's disgusting. <laughs> right, I'm not taking it. Free, free. We'll take it to your car. Uh, even free, it's honestly not great. It's <laughs> just canola go. oil. No, I'm sorry, guys. Bye. Hello and welcome back to Housewarming Podcast. I am Nat Demina. I'm Marty Smiley and this is the podcast for a generation of frustrated renters doing the best to keep their lights on. It's also a podcast where we find out where you live. Not not you, like not your address. <laughs> Um, but we find out some places you've lived at. <laughs> and amongst a lot of other things as well. Um, we've got a great show lined up for you today. Yeah. But before we do, Marty, I want to let you in on something. I want you to get excited right here. Right okay. Now. I have got a brand new plan to get into the property market. Oh, God. To own again. a home. Here we go again. Okay. Okay. It costs us no money. Okay. It's 100% legal. Okay. And the best part is it's been done before. Nice. Right? I've been studying a legal loophole. In our legal system. Well, that's one thing I do know about you. You love a loophole. Oh, brother, as a black man in a white man's world, you better know the law. (laughs) (laughs) And how to navigate it and find (laughs) holes in it. Um, Have you ever heard of a term adverse possession? No. No? Well, Marty, this is a legal loophole that we have. It's a principle under which a person who does not have a legal title to a piece of property acquires legal ownership based on continuous occupation of the property without the permission of its legal owner. This is not, this is just, this is squatting. It's, it's, it is also referred to as squatters rights. This sounds like you think you've arrived at a new plan that's <laughs> you've come up <laughs> with. It's existed for centuries. Yeah. But when was the last time somebody did it and did it well? Well, I'll tell you Marty, cause this has actually happened before. Before I do, I'll tell you a little bit about how it works. You can take possession of a house that is empty. If it's empty, you can go in, move in. You can squat. Yeah. The legal owner has a specific period of time to use legal action to evict you. That's right. If that period of time passes, they are no longer the owner and the new owner is actually you. But isn't that period of time 15 years? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because even if you do get evicted, you might get like two, three months of free rent. Yeah, but you don't have any electricity. But you can get electricity. You just have to make sure that the legal owners don't find out. You can't hook up electricity to a squatting home. But you can because someone has done it. Someone's done it. How? I'll, I'll tell you. This happened in Sydney. A man by the name of Bill Gertos found a home in 1998 right. uh, in Ashbury, near Croydon, yeah. in the west. Good spot. Which had, it sat empty after the previous owners had to leave the house sometime after World War II because of a white ant infestation. 
Okay. The owner who didn't live in the house, he died in 1998, the same year that Bill Gertos found the house empty. The house was empty. The back door was off its hinges and placed to the side. Bill changed the locks, renovated the house, which cost him in total $143,000 and immediately rented the property out. He's not even squatting in it. He's literally getting someone else to squat in it for him. Exactly. Wow. And getting paid to do so. He's negative gearing squatting. (laughs) That is some crazy ass. (laughs) He then applied to the Register General to be named the owner of the land under the Real Property Act. (laughs) So he applied to be the owner in 2017 after the period 15 years had passed. 2017, he applied. When he did, the family of the previous owner were alerted by police that someone was taking control of the house. Until that point, they weren't aware that they were entitled to the property. Got it. So, like, which, if you have a house that you don't even know you have, you deserve to lose it. Like, how can you not be aware that there is a property that you have legal rights to and you don't, like, how many properties do you have? It's not... Right. A spare change, you know, in your pockets. It's not a bag of spinach that's in the back of the fridge. Like mm-hmm. you can't misplace a house. No, it's not like losing your keys. So, I mean. Well, I mean, that yeah, they did lose the keys <laughs> to the house. But in this instance, yeah, it's not. <laughs> the two families went to court. Justice Dark said he had considered the plaintiff's submission but was unable to accept them and ordered them to pay Mr. Gertos's legal fees. So not only did they lose the house, they had to pay the court fees for the guy who stole their house. Currently priced at $1.6 million. Dude, that could be us. That could be us. We just need to find one of these houses. They're out there. It's a new Natamina scheme. Are you going to come with me to search for these houses? Let's go out into the street, start perusing, jump a few fences. I actually had a friend who found a squatter's home Mm -hmm. and... They moved in. He was a housemate of mine. Okay. And he left the house. He's like, bro, I'm actually, I've found a house. I was like, where? He goes, oh, <laughs> it's just abandoned. <laughs> so he left our share house. This yeah. is in Melbourne. And he moved into this home. He kept getting mail and it had the person's last name on it. Mm-hmm. And it was an Italian last name. Mm-hmm. He told me about it. He goes, oh, yeah, here's some mail from it. I looked it up, you know. I'm a journalist. Uh-huh. I looked up the deed of the house. Yep. The... <laughs> It's the house of a crime family (laughs) who were related to the Gattos linked to Ligon Street. I'm like, bro, I think you should move back in immediately. Um, I know you're squatting and you think this is a fun thing to do and it's for free, but you're going to die in that house. You're going to get a knock at the door one night and they will not care. And, And they did. They knocked on his house, so he was still in the house? But it was the wife of the guy who had passed away. She still popped a cap in his ass. Apparently she walked in and she just looked at them and felt so sorry for them. Oh. And she was like, look, I'm going to go back outside. I'll give you an hour to clean your shit up. But you need to get. But you need to get out. <laughs> <laughs> an hour? How, Next- how, how comfortable had he made himself? <laughs> yeah. Would an hour have been sufficient? <laughs> That's what yeah, I want to no know. No way. Cause, <laughs> no, but they left a lot of stuff in there, he said. like, And he right. didn't have any power in this place. Mm. So he just was running off candles and 
iPhone lights. It was a sad situation. <laughs> Long story short, he ended up back on the couch at our <laughs> <show house. laughs> uh, But that's my plan. Hopefully it's... You don't have a mafioso owner, but <laughs> other than that, you have my blessing. I just will not be going on that journey with you. You know what? 15 <laughs> years from now when I've got a free house and you want to come and stay with me, brother, am I going to throw that door in your face? <laughs> uh, all right, should we get to our guest today? Let's. I'm very excited about today's episode. This week's episode, we have one of the best improv sketch duos in the world. Hands down. I've seen them live twice. No show is ever the same. They are brilliant. It's the Bear Pack. Woo! Yep, that's Steen Raskopoulos and Carlo Ritchie. They met at university mm. when Steen was teaching improv. Carlo was a highly talented student and we can see how talented he is now. Mm. They decided to do some shows together and boom, the Bear Pack was born. Yep, I mean... In the last 11 years since that happened, they've toured the world doing sold-out shows at major venues. Um, and that means that, that they would have been on the road a lot together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or living together during comedy festivals. Yep. Um, but over the last 12 months, they've been separated. They haven't been able to perform due to the little old thing called the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the border restrictions have meant that Steen was in the UK mm. in lockdown while Carlo was in the Blue Mountains. So today on this special episode, we are reuniting them on our humble Sharehouse podcast. And we have them here to find out how they navigated their renting years and after almost a decade of sharing a stage, how do they go sharing a house? Well... I think that's them now. Hey! Come on in, come on in, boys. How are you? Good. This is this is great. This is how I love to come to houses. Just be handed a microphone through the threshold. (laughs) Do you guys usually wait like thirty minutes before opening the door as well? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for keeping you outside. (laughs) It's a beautiful day. Thank you guys for coming for coming and doing the show. Thanks for having us. You're holding things. Did you? Bring us oh, just a couple of little treats oh, for the house. Oh, yeah. you shouldn't have. I brought you guys some bread and salt. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Traditional okay. housewarming presents. Yeah. Very nice. And then, oh, um, some sourdough. All right. You've got to okay. keep that sourdough fresh, so just tape it up after you're done with it. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank and, you, Steve. Um, Very thoughtful. Uh, yeah, clean a and... roll of sticky tape. And also with salt and bread, obviously, um, oh, the toxins kind of get, get in some. I've got you some city cream anti-aging moisturiser. That's, that's very that's good. good. Yeah, it's a very traditional nice. one. That's a traditional yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, my skin's been looking a bit shocking recently. Um, one of life's little joys, an LCM bar each, just to try and... Oh, my Lord, know, each. Because you guys are now... Actually, you know, see, this is way better than... I don't know what whatever Carlo. Um, oh, and salt is traditional, guys. And everyone, everyone, take a tic tac because oh, you need thank good, you. good breath. Oh, thank good you. breath thank before you, you start. Very much. Yeah. Gifts galore. Bag, you know. Thanks so much, boys. Why don't you come in? Welcome to the show, Steen and Carlo. Hey, hey guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Thanks for coming over. Um, how's it feel to be? Reunited. You guys have been separated for so long. Yeah, yeah. yeah, The old, the old devil COVID has been keeping us apart for over a year now. Yeah, over. Yeah, like end of end of March of 2020, Carlo flew to London. We had like 10 shows booked in in Soho, and we did the show on the Friday. And then there weren't many people in the streets. Like this is a bit interesting. And the Saturday, where Soho is usually vibrant and and busy, like this is really odd. Very quiet. Yeah. And then Sunday morning, woke up. Carlo was staying at my place. He's like, I've booked a flight to go home. 
They're closing the borders. <laughs> <laughs> Three whole nights in London I got, and um, the milk that I bought when I left was still in still in the fridge. So that's good, you know. <laughs> that's the one bonus I got. From Officially reunited yeah. after a year on this couch in this. Share house, thanks for making it happen. Hey, thanks for bringing us together, guys. Yeah. You know, yeah, I still haven't seen my family yet. Yeah. So. <laughs> First uh, Uber ride was straight to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful thing, Steve. You just got back from London to Sydney. You did your two weeks in hotel quarantine. Yeah. How was that? Did you enjoy the time to yourself? Or were you scratching in tallies on the walls, being like 10 days left? Yeah, pretty much. I think. Uh, I was very lucky that I got like a decent hotel because mm. I've, I've heard a lot of these stories and people who have done it, um, who've come from London to Australia, friends of mine, they're like, oh, join all these Facebook groups and people kind of help you out kind of thing. Anything notable happen on while you're in quarantine? Um, a guy, he, he every day he'd play music from like a U boom um, and, and one particular day he forgot that he was still uh, plugged into this particular device. <laughs> I like where this is and going. <laughs> He thought it would be appropriate or he didn't realise what he was doing I'd say yes. and he just listened to some porn. <laughs> I don't know if he watched it, but he definitely, he definitely listened to some porn. Um, and Carlo, you kind of, I guess, chose to self-isolate yourself <laughs> yeah. away from the general public. So you moved to the Blue Mountains. Yep. How's it How's it been? It's been awesome. It's honestly... I bet. <laughs> I tell you what, guys, move out of the city. <laughs> it's so good. My life is just pure bliss every day. How's the space? Oh, man, I, I have a backyard. There's a creek that runs through it. <laughs> I have so much backyard that there's a whole half of the backyard I never go to. <laughs> It's like <laughs> it's called the national <laughs> yeah, park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Carla, you haven't always lived hidden away from civilization. You actually used to live in a warehouse. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So when I when I first moved to Sydney, my first house that I rented, I spent about six weeks staying on people's lounges or like various other places. There were three of us, three boys from the country had no rental history to get a place. Mm, right. And then eventually we got this place. My mate Daniel was like, I found this spot. It's perfect. <laughs> And I'm still not sure exactly like how he found it or what the process was. It was it was rented by a law firm. And I say that in inverted commas because it was a law firm in all intents and purposes. Like it went into the city, into the city on Castle Ray Street, and you went up to the building and it had a little plaque saying such and such partners or whatever. Mm. And you went into their foyer and you took their lift up to a certain floor. And then when you got to that floor, you went through a fire escape. What? And through the fire escape was another door. And in that door was this guy's office. And, and, he, and then more that was calls our landlord. Yeah, that, was, that was our landlord in this fire escape of a, law, of a law company's building. And so I don't know if he was attached to it. But they who, who rented us this warehouse, it was a 64 square meter warehouse in an industrial, mixed industrial, mixed, resi- uh, mixed retail warehouse. So beside us was a, f- a fabric shop and behind us was a, um, like some kind of factory. Like they just, they stored a lot of stuff and then shipped it out trucks would come through mm. there. Um, and then upstairs was residential. And we never paid an electricity bill the whole time we were there. Um, like... <laughs> It was it was all very weird. Like if yeah. there were noise complaints, it wasn't that we got an official warning. This guy who lived behind us, whose name I now blank on, he would come around and threaten us with a cricket bat. He's like, <laughs> you guys got to keep the noise down. Like, <laughs> yes, sir. How many people were in this warehouse? At The smallest number was four mm-hmm. um, and the largest number was six. 
living in this place. Right, okay. Me and one housemate, Jesse, our beds touched. So <laughs> the end of my bed was the side of his bed. <laughs> Daniel had a room to himself and then Lachlan made his bed out of milk crates um, and he would fold it up during the day to be a lounge with milk crates right. and then stack the milk crates up on the other side of the room no. and then at night bring all the milk crates down and fold the, it back no. out to be his bed. Yeah. That disgusts me. One of those foldable table tennis yeah. tables you can play yourself <laughs> And then we just had all this kind of furniture we'd picked up on the street and the most disgusting thing, of the, the two most disgusting things of that house was the first was there was this drip constantly into our kitchen for the first few months that we mm-hmm. were living there oh, and we were all and, getting really sick. And ooze. And, um, yeah, and then... We ended up getting a plumber to come around and look, and he's like, you know, that's the sewerage pipe that's just leaking straight into your kitchen sink. Oh. Um, and the second disgusting thing was we had this lounge we'd picked up on the street, and it was a bit dirty, and we'd put a sheet over over it, and a blanket over it, and we yeah. just left that blanket there for the yeah. whole year that we were there. And when we went to move, we pulled off the blanket and the lounge just disintegrated into dust. It was like the, the blanket had been... <laughs> the blanket was one of the inventions. Yeah, yeah, it was like structurally the only thing holding it together. And I'm sure like living with that many people, the people that would want to live in a warehouse, they would have been interesting people, like notable housemates. Well, they were all they were all kids from the country. My mate Lachlan at the time was convinced because I think Nostradamus had predicted that the world was going to end um, around that time, 2013 or 2012, was it? I can't remember what it was. Earlier than that. Or, but, One well, of the other we were there in 2008 hmm. and I think... Was there the Beijing Olympics that year? 2008 was Beijing. Yeah, yeah. and he was like, Nostradamus had predicted there would be like the world would end at the coming of a Games in the East. (laughs) Lachlan was a a real prepper. Like he was learning jiu-jitsu. He had all these weapons. But he he said to me, like we we, was like one night, it's like we need to make a plan of what's going to happen, you know, if the world does collapse during the Beijing Olympics. And so we all gathered around and we made this plan. Is this guy smoking bongs every day? Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first step of his plan like you know and this is a plan that included like going mm. to rob like an Lawrence uh, ordinance which was his old gun shop on George Street and stealing a yacht and stuff so there's lots of complicated steps but his first step was like I want you to give me two scars like over each eye like I just want you to <laughs> me with a knife straight down vertically on both eyes and I was like why it's like because it'll look sick <laughs> that warehouse uh-huh doesn't sound very secure at all. It was probably more secure than you think. Okay. Like it was it was solid. Like Have you had other insecure houses? Like how are you locking these things down? Well, this like the windows were all very high. Like you couldn't get to the windows and the door was solid. It you was know, like, like it was Batman solid... only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely not designed as a residence. Like when we got in, it was like there was nothing in there except yeah. for a bathroom and the, the we suspect that the guy who built the bathroom was this guy named Leaf because we would occasionally get mail for this guy Leaf. There was nothing else except this massive pile of rubble, which I assume was like offcuts from him yeah. building the bathroom. And when, when we cleaned that up, at the bottom of this pile was just this wooden sword, this beautifully carved wooden sword, which we're like... This is a previous tenant? This is a, we think, yeah, we think it's leaf sword. We always call it leaf sword. We're like, the guy who built these walls wanted us to have this sword, obviously, and he's buried it under the rubble. So that no one would get it. It's a wooden sword. Wooden sword. And it I still have like it. the beginning of Zelda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a little Kokiri sword. Also, yeah. not very effective if it was a weapon. Well, you say that, but I mean, if somebody came at you and you had that wooden, it, it, you could you could club them to you death. Give you a mean splinter. Yeah. <laughs> Maim them. Because <laughs> I, I used to, I, when I lived in Melbourne, I used to live with a uh, comedian, Brett Blake, and he had a knack for getting drunk and buying things online. 
Mm. And one morning he wakes up and he's received a package and he opens it up and in it is a poster that's the size of me, of a Bruce Lee movie. (laughs) And in a separate box, he pulls out a machete. (laughs) And I'm just like, why why do you have this? Why did you buy this? It's like... Two reasons, brother. One, it's sick. And two, <laughs> what if someone breaks in? <laughs> yeah, you I'm want like, that you want that poster and yeah. scare the shit out of them. And if that fails, your, just go. <laughs> your plan if someone breaks in is to end up in jail. <laughs> Have you ever been Robstein? No, never been Rob. I don't know what I'd do, to be fair. Like there was one time when uh I was doing shows in London and uh, depending on like uh, I was doing a show with the Soho Theatre and they put me up in a, in a flat in in, um, in Holborn and I remember being in the shower and I heard someone come in and was talking and I heard a knock, like, knock on the bathroom uh, door and then this, this lady's voice like, you, you shouldn't be in here. And I was like, what? And she's like, you shouldn't be in here. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I've got this place until tomorrow. I spoke with like the... Um, Mm. The the landlady or whoever the the real estate agent they said I could stay an extra night and so her like organised it everything I'm like hello and then gone never spoke to her again didn't know who she was um, <laughs> and then immediately like checked on my like bags and stuff and it was like, totally fine but I remember just being in the shower knocking the door you shouldn't be in here like, <laughs> where should where should I be classic prank <laughs> that yeah. would be a funny thing for a burglar to do yeah. it's just <laughs> just to really suck yeah <laughs> I did though because she yeah she was like oh, who did you speak to and I was like, like whatever the lady's name was and then after that like silence that's and then it she's gone you shut her down yeah and I forgot I forgot to bring a towel you know when you forget to bring a towel into the bathroom and then like and then I thought she was still here and was embarrassed to And then after you left the owner was like, Yeah, you know, it's just such a shame the old owner died in such mysterious circumstances. <laughs> um, she's always just come around knocking on, on the doors. <laughs> shower. But you've both lived together in London, like you're sure travelling yeah. together as the bear pack. Yeah. You visiting yeah, London, have. Ireland, Scotland, yeah. Well, that must be exciting, I mean, because it started eleven or twelve years ago, the bear pack, and you've been able to take it on the road and get yeah, be able to get on stages across the world. But then, yeah, you're also probably staying in places together, are you? In Airbnbs and sharing your a space. Yeah. You shared a stage. What's it like, yeah, sharing a house? We're quite good together, I think. Um, we're, as, Carlo's small spoon on big spoon works. Yeah, he works well. really well, yeah. No, he's a, like he's an amazing house guest. I'll give you that. He'll always go to the shops. He'll, get, he'll always make an amazing meal regardless if he's staying with like different housemates or yeah, with my with my partner, mm-hmm. um, which is yeah, generous awesome. cook, he's Ge- very, and he's very good. He's a very 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 good cook. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. But then he'll like I've been living in these areas for like a year or two years, and then he's like, oh, how good's George? And I'm like, who's George? He goes, the butcher, two hundred meters down. He goes, oh mate, anytime you get a George, you you have to ask this. And like, always go to the back. Never ask for the thing at the front because the back of the the back of the shop's much you know fresh. And I'm like, what? Who are these people? And they come back. I go, oh, go see you know Mark and Peter down at the brewery. I'm like, well, how do you talk to people? That's like, that's great. It's taking that small country mentality into the big city. And, you yeah, know, just- we've we've been walking home from after filming a thing and he goes I swear to god in Surrey Hills he goes I think I was born in that house what he goes yeah yeah upstairs I was born in that house he goes excuse you want to come he knocks on the door And then there's a there's a woman holding a baby, and she's like, "Yes." He goes, "Oh, sorry to interrupt. My name is Carla Ritchie, but like my family, like and then my I was pretty much I was born in this house. This lady holding a baby is like, "Oh yeah, come in. Do you want to see your old room?" Like, yeah. <laughs> like, Steen, 
Do you want to come inside? I'm like, no, I'm good, man. I'll just wait in the street. There's other times I've been driven driving to a friend's 21st back in the day in San Susie. He goes, oh, can you guys just pull over here? Like, yeah, cool. Like, no, just pull over here. Yeah, cool, cool. And he's like, yeah, cool. I'll just be one sec. Goes in, knocks on the door, goes inside, comes back out. Like, who was that? He goes, I don't know. I just need to use the bathroom. <laughs> no, but I love it. I love it because no, it's, exactly. like, it's like no, that's it's great. awesome. And to, yeah, to yeah, live yeah. with someone like that and to um, kind of have these shared experiences, like yeah. he's just genuinely one of the nicest, easygoing kind of people of you know that I probably know. Well, when has he not been great? Um, do you know one particular time <laughs> when I vomited all over your room? <laughs> yeah, and in the sink. Yeah. <laughs> It is my one weakness. Though, is that Wait, your one weakness is your gag reflex. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, when it comes to alcohol, my one weakness is I like I love it very much, mm-hmm. and I just seem to I just have a point that I don't know when I've crossed the threshold. Marty has it's the same much. thing. Yeah. He just doesn't know when to stop, yeah, and I have like... to deal with it the next day. But <laughs> also with with you, like that night, Carla took me to like this amazing brewery, and there was like a hundred different beers on tap. But they're all like different <laughs> colors, percentages, strengths, and all that kind of stuff. So he'd be like, oh, I'm going to try this like 14%. He knew and every four- person who brewed them. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. He knew the pastures and the cows and everything. Um, <laughs> and I remember like going, fuck, like 14% is like, a, that's a lot of alcohol. That's, that's crazy lot. for a beer. And then I just rem- I remember just waking up to the sound of, you were saying like, like ooze and like water. Mm, like, imagine ooze. just like getting like, like runny mashed potato like just like pouring it onto oh. the floor that's what it sounded like and I'm like who the fuck's that and then he goes oh I'll clean it up in the morning I'm like no I want you to fucking clean it up in there <laughs> alright no let's extend an older branch Carlo would you say Steen is a good host one time I did come to stay at Steen's house and he was staying in a new share house he was just uh-huh. getting getting settled there and I arrived after the 24-hour flight. I was doing, I was like, oh, I'm just ready to kind of settle down. He's like, hey, man, how's the flight? Are you good? And I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, cool, man, let's go for a walk. you got to buy some sheets. <laughs> <laughs> but I just moved in. Just, yeah, I, but I bought you the air mattress on the you floor. You know, you got, me everything. Yeah. you got me everything. You got me everything. I just forgot. You just I forgot, forgot to get, get sheets. He's like, we got to get you some sheets, buddy. Um, boys, thanks for coming on our podcast. We do have one last thing. Thing that we would like you to do for us, hopefully, um, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Um, there's been something that Nat and I haven't been able to solve in our house. Can I ask you a favour, please? please? There Can is I ask this. It? There is this couch that me and Marty have been trying to sell on Facebook Marketplace. Well, to be fair, I haven't been trying to sell it. I actually think it's a nice couch. It just. It's I didn't realise this was such a sore point. Sorry, you I just I don't know why he's putting me. Plus. I don't know why you're adding me to this. We've gone and at, we've gone and bought a new couch. This couch, this other couch is unnecessary. It's ugly, ugly colour. It is comfortable, but it's got this big, massive stain right in the middle. That's I the worst really part. Personally, lounge, I just put a cushion on it. What I like you guys to do, I'm going to dial a random number off my phone, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get you guys to try and sell them this couch. Because this is really our last resort. We've really tried everything. Uh, your last resort is us calling people at random. Yes, to get yes. pretty much. I mean, I mean, you could have printed out flyers, handed out. Like, <laughs> no, no, it's been on Gumtree. It's been on Marketplace. That's it. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, it does sound like you guys are at the end of the road. <laughs> We're in a pickle and we need your help. Dial that number, baby. <laughs> Hello? Hello, is that Dan? Hello? What? Is that, is that Dan? 
Yeah. Hello? I'm, I'm calling. This is Philip Kipex. Um, I'm, oh. I'm just calling up to let you know um, that the, the lounge is still available. The what, sorry? The lounge. You inquired about the availability of a lounge that I had for sale on Marketplace, and I'm just calling up to let you know that it is still available. Oh, no worries. I actually got one already, so it's all good. Are you sure? Um, I mean, this lounge is is quite good. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's all good. It's just $150. There's a stain in the middle, which can't be removed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you'd like to purchase it, it's yours. Okay, no worries. Would you like to? No, 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 it's all good. Thanks very much, though. Philip, I don't think you're telling the man correctly. Sorry, this is Reginald, Philip's supervisor. Listen, there is a lounge which is available for $150. Oh. <laughs> Hello? Hello, how, how are you? Um, this number was left uh, in 2020 in July from the Royal Botanic Charity Donation Fund. Um, you have appeared to have won uh, a couch, a sofa set. Oh, that's great. Um, do you live in the inner west? I'm not. Sorry, I'm not giving my details over the Oh, phone. no, no, you don't have to deliver. Del- I'm just saying that we, we would love to, to, deliver, to deliver it to you. It's in Sydney. Yeah, fin- oh, we deliver everywhere. And you pay $150, the stain's in the middle, we won't remove it, and we'll deliver it to you. Um, but F- Philip... Uh, sorry, just get my Wait, manager on the phone one second. Hang on. Hello, Hang on. yes. I've won a couch. Yes, hello. But uh, I've got to pay for it. Hello, yes. Um, Reggie's just called me over. My name is my name is Philip. I'm Reggie's supervisor. Can I ask what this call is about? Apparently I won a couch. Ah, yes. Yes, the gentleman who won the lounge. Yes, we have your number registered from a Botanic Gardens a charity auction, and you won a lounge. Does that sound right to you? It does not sound right to me. Interesting. Well, I'll I'll tell you, talk you through it. Basically, there's a lounge um, that you have won, and to receive the lounge, <laughs> excuse me, sorry, Philip's pulling faces here in the office. He's a terrible bore in that way. To receive the lounge, you say, excuse me, Philip, my God. It's a silly face. Just go with it. Apologies. I'm sorry about that. Philip is, he gets carried away, you see. He's very very excited about giving away lounges. Now, the deal is, for the lounge, you pay $150. There is a, Philip, please, let me get through this. It's $150. There is a stain in the middle which won't be removed. Sounds like my kind of lounge. Well, that's perfect. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, may I take this? Please, Philip. Yes, go on. I'd really like to seal this deal. I really need this. Um, so basically, you'll pay us $150. Um, it is up to you to choose what you would like to do with the stain. You can flip the pillowcase over. This is a fascinating phone call. Yes, and fascinating for me too. Now, can we get you down for the lounge, Philip? It'd be $150 and we would deliver it anywhere into Sydney regional areas. Nah, I'm all good. Wow, um, this is disappointing. And you have let the charity down, you've let your parents down, and I I have let myself down. I'm sorry, Phil, I just have to... I'm looking at Philip now, and this is a man who I'm used to seeing pull a lot of silly faces, and all I can see now is just extreme sadness. Um... 
I'm very That's sorry to bummer. see that face. So there's no way at all we can convince you just to take the lounge. It's, again, $150. They can flip over the pillow. He knows, Philip. So you could flip over the pillow there. Does that sound like something you'd like to do? No, it's okay. All right, well, it's devastating news. Um, May I ask, are you sitting down right now? No. Well, you could be. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Yep. <laughs> well, look, we've still got it. Yeah, look, there's, it's hard. It's hard. Anyone's going to tell you this. It's hard to sell a lounge to strangers who aren't looking to buy a lounge. <laughs> it's harder with one with a stain on it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for joining us. Always really uh, had a fun time having you on the show. Thanks for Thanks, having man. us, guys. Yeah. It's been awesome. Yeah, so much fun and good to see you, Carlo. Man, I missed you. Yeah, me too. Let's. Um, it's a shame you have to go back to London right now. Yep. See yeah. you guys. Has Thanks been for getting him across for look, the podcast. Look what we did, man. We made history. It's, it's good to see the boys back together. It's bringing a tear to the my bear eye. pack is back, <laughs> baby. But just on this podcast, <laughs> if you want to get involved in our show's Facebook group, you can. It's at Housewarming Podcast. Search for it on Facebook. We're also on Instagram at Housewarming Podcast and on Twitter at Housewarming Pot. Love that, man. The other, mm-hmm. one, the other ones were taken. And last but not <laughs> least, one final shameless plug from me, Nat Demina. I also have a Sydney Comedy Festival show coming up on the 6th and 7th of May at the Factory Theatre. Tickets at the Sydney Comedy Festival website. Fuck, that was Love professional. That, that, was, very that good. was really good. Uh, but, but until next time, peace. peace. Finally, big thanks to our hardworking producer, Jess Smalley. She mixed, mastered and produced this episode. And a massive thank you to our boy Paolo for helping us out with the theme music. See you guys. Hooroo. Hooroo. Hey, that was so fucking shit. Why do we we agree to do that? Why do we agree to do this shit? (laughs) I haven't seen my family. I have not seen my family. You've got to go home, man. You've got to go home. They could only arrange you to have its temporary stay. Also, this stain is every fucking couch. I've been sitting on this thing for... Just ignore the stain, man. You're going to be How in a plane in like two hours. They always change my name. Stain, stain. It's personal, man. Hey, guys, thanks for... Hooroo, everyone. <laughs>